Welcome to a weekly review of LGBT news from Keen News Service. I'm Lisa Keen. Sometimes it's more interesting to look at events in a backward chronological order, and this was that kind of week. On Thursday, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid said he would seek to have the Senate vote on Don't Ask, Don't Tell as it currently exists inside the fiscal 2011 defense authorization bill as soon as the Pentagon releases its study on implementation of repeal December 1. To those who have not been following the roller coaster of events on Don't Ask, Don't Tell every day, that might sound like the beginning. And it is. But it is also the end. It took some arm twisting by President Obama and senior White House staffers on Wednesday to ensure that the Senate would at least try to repeal Don't Ask, Don't Tell as part of the defense spending bill. And that's because on Tuesday, Senate Armed Services Committee Chairman Carl Levin said he might be willing to strip Don't Ask, Don't Tell repeal from the overall defense bill. That was a bit of a shocker because Levin is a strong supporter of gay civil rights generally and repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell specifically. But Republicans, emboldened by their successes during the midterm elections, were making clear that they were ready to continue the filibuster they staged in September to thwart repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, among other things. Many Republicans are still opposed to repeal, including most notoriously John McCain, the failed GOP presidential nominee of 2008. McCain is clearly a sore loser. No matter how many olive branches President Obama extends, McCain crosses his arm, strikes a grimace, and says, no, we can't. He did so during the White House health care summit. He did so on both of President Obama's Supreme Court nominees, and he's doing so on Don't Ask, Don't Tell repeal. But as the Republicans are fond of saying, elections have consequences. Obama won in 2008, but the midterms wore off his Democratic edge in the House and seriously eroded it in the Senate. So suddenly President Obama seems ready to put down the olive branches and pick up the power of the presidency. He called Carl Levin on Wednesday and persuaded him to give up the idea of stripping Don't Ask, Don't Tell repeal into a standalone bill, and his senior staffers convinced Harry Reid to make a push for the defense bill during the lame duck and with the repeal language intact. Now all this happened after Monday when two relatively tiny and obscure groups, which are pushing for repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, issued a statement urging the Senate to pass the annual defense authorization bill whether or not the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell was included. The general circulation media immediately began reporting that there was a rift in the LGBT community over the issue, and the media's interpretation of the statement from OutServe and Nights Out was that they had called for stripping Don't Ask, Don't Tell repeal from the FY 2011 defense authorization bill. Reaction from many in the LGBT community was swift and harsh. The Human Rights Campaign, Service Members Legal Defense Network, Service Members United and the Center for American Progress issued a joint statement Monday urging LGBT groups to send one message to Congress, repeal Don't Ask, Don't Tell now. Under no circumstances, they said, should Don't Ask, Don't Tell repeal be stripped from the underlying defense authorization bill. And that is where things are for now. Don't Ask, Don't Tell repeal language is still part of the defense spending bill until tomorrow or the next day. Hope springs eternal on Capitol Hill, or maybe it's desperation. Suddenly, two Democratic Senator Robert Menendez said this week he would push for a vote during the lame duck session on an enormous immigration bill that he introduced just two months ago. The bill has not had any hearings and has not passed the House, 
but it includes a provision to enable the foreign partners of gay Americans to obtain citizenship so the couple can live together in this country. It's a long shot for passage in the lame duck, but it's one that has motivated immigration equality, a group pushing for the LGBT language. Everyone understands the window here is very short, said immigration equality spokesman Steve Rawls, and there's already a very full agenda, but the group, he said, is gearing up. And to jump back to midterms for a minute, the news last week that 31% of gay and lesbian voters supported Republican House candidates was a bit startling. The number came from a mainstream media's coalition exit polling on November 2 and reported by CNN, The New York Times, and many others. Many political pundits pondered the number, wondering how such a high percentage of gays could vote for candidates backed by one of the most hostile Republican parties in history, at least as far as the LGBT community is concerned. CNN later reweighted the polling data and reported that 29% is a more accurate picture of how many gays voted Republican. But even that seemed high. So Keen News Service did its biennial analysis of the vote, too, collecting data from 34 precincts in heavily gay neighborhoods in six cities around the country. And our number was 26%, so not very far off. And a look at the gay vote historically showed that gays have actually voted much more strongly Republican in two previous elections, the 1998 midterm and the 2000 presidential election. 33% of gay voters voted Republican in 1998. That was just two years after Democratic President Bill Clinton signed the Defense of Marriage Act. And 32% voted for George W. Bush for president in 2000. In both the exit poll data and the gay precinct data, the jump from the 2006 midterms to the 2010 midterms was approximately the same. About 6% more gay voters backed Republicans. The question that looms now is what will happen in 2012. Will gays do as they did in 2000, back the Republican, or was 2010 just a blip? For Keen News Service, I'm Lisa Keen. You have been listening to a podcast of Keen News Service. Visit us on the web at keennewsservice.com.